Welcome to Hope City Church, Melbourne, Australia. Stay tuned for another inspiring message by Pastor Andrew McGrath. I've been talking to my son this week, my oldest son, who's been over with Lance Wellno. How many people have heard of Lance Wellno? Put your hand up high so I can see. About half. Lance has got an amazing ministry, I think unique in the world, where God has given him a revelation of the seven mountains. And essentially it's this, that the church is called to display the kingdom and the mind of God, the rule of God in every sphere of society. Not just in the four walls of the church, but in business, government, education, arts, every area of society, God said, my glory shall cover the earth as the water covered the sea. And you know the word glory, it literally means having a right, a right opinion. So when the glory of the Lord covers the earth, people start to get a right opinion about God and his, his ways in government, education, business. We begin to see his kingdom come. It's more than just people saved, it's a city transformed. I've told you many times that that in the, they did a survey in America and the city that had the highest number of converts, people born again, had the highest rate of suicide, abortion, rapes, murders. It doesn't mean because we have more people saved that the kingdom of God is being expressed in a city. And God is passionate about his kingdom being displayed. And he seems to think before all Jesus comes back that the earth would be made his footstool that his kingdom would arise up against every other kingdom and consume every other kingdom. So most of the church has a mindset of hanging on till the rapture comes. God's got a mindset that the earth is his and he's not coming back for a broken down bride, but for a bride that's fully expressing the nature of God in every realm of society. Anything less is a failure. Anything less is, is to, to my way of thinking, a slight on the blood of Jesus Christ. He came not just to save you, but to transform you. He came not just to deliver you, but to bring you to a place of dominion. And so we sent three of our young people over to spend a week with Lance. Uh, there were 47 Americans and three Australians. And he wrote this on his Facebook. We've just finished an intensive week program with your sons and daughters. The Spirit of God fell on them and we experienced a tangible foretaste of the revival that God is preparing for a new generation of believers. This is an international move of God, and the Australian youth were especially powerful. He said, Take heart, I've seen the future in their faces. They are wired for something so radical and authentic that nothing will deter them if they are properly led. Their number one cry is to find others like themselves who can keep the atmosphere of Christ alive. So I say to you, you've got a responsibility for this next generation. Don't you become selfish. Don't you become introspective. But you begin to see the heart of God. And I've been preaching for many years now, waiting for someone to hear my voice. 
like John the Baptist, waiting for the echo to go out of the wilderness and to find people that, that have come to repent. And repent doesn't just mean, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin, but to, beget, to get a new profile of what the kingdom looks like. It's like speaking another language, but we begin to see what God has in mind for this nation is far greater than we could ever imagine. So I'm saying to you today, you're amazing people, powerful people, called by God to change this city. Called by God. See, the church, I'll get to my sermon in a minute, is called the Ecclesia. And the Ecclesia, there's a number of meanings, but I've taught you that one of the meanings is to, to call or to surname people, to remind them of where they come from. Their surname is in Christ. We remind people of their destiny in Christ. But the other thing about Ecclesia, it was a senate that was formed in the Roman times where they would bring key people from all over the nation and they would come and sit at the feet of the king. And the king would tell these people about his mind and will for his city and his nation. And those key men and women would then go out, the senate leaders, and they would begin to bring the will of the king into every sector of society. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of Hades. Hades means to not see. The enemy has blinded the church in many ways to not see our kingdom calling. And Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build out my called out ones, my Senate leaders, who will then go out to every sector of society. And you may say, well, how can I change the world? I'm nobody. Well, this is how you can begin. You begin to pray for the area that God has called you to minister in. Begin to see and begin to proclaim that Jesus Christ is king over my city. I stand in my room and I look out over all the mountains and I proclaim that Jesus is king over this city and his kingdom is sitting on this city. I begin then to pray for the area that I'm called to. Begin to pray for the people. For me, it's business. So I get the... the uh, the BRW top 200, and I begin to read about those people and pray for them, walk past their houses incognito and begin to pray over their streets and say, let the kingdom of God come to these people. I begin to speak words of life over them. I begin to maneuver myself to influence them. I see myself functioning in that area. Can you do the same? See, it's a big, a long way from the me, oh, my, Eeyore mentality where the, in the past the church has been barely get by, looking for another miracle. We're coming away from the miracle mindset, which is the Moses mindset, into the mindset of Joshua that says, give me the land you've called me to possess. See, with Moses, he had a rod and his authority was uh, released the power of God. But with Joshua, he had the spoken word of God. He began to exercise his dominion. We're walking from the place where we're relying just on a power encounter, but now we're walking in a truth encounter. The major damage you'll do on the enemy is not just the power of God, it's the truth of God revealed through your life. You begin to exercise your dominion. You're not crying God to come and save me. You're saying, God, begin to work through me to exercise dominion. Use me as a powerful man of God. And I believe that God is drawing people into this church that believe for more. That believe for more. That just come because there's nothing else to do on a Sunday or you're looking for someone to eat your ears. You want to be used by God to change this city. Is there anybody like that? 
And so when I preach, I'm expecting by faith for you to get excited. I'm excited because the Bible says that my words are spirit and they are life. So when I speak today, I'm releasing the spirit of God. It's bringing life to you. My words are powerful words. They bring life to dead places. Amen. Amen. They bring order to disorder in your life and they'll give God something to worry with. So as I release the word, it's going to change your world. It's going to change your life. If you allow it to. I want you to dream big. Nobody in this church is allowed small dreams. We bind it in Jesus' name. No small dreams allowed. No me, oh my, e or mentality that says, you don't know where I've come from. My friend, the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Are you hearing me? God doesn't, doesn't need your education. He just needs your heart. He needs someone to say, I believe. See, if you believe, all things are possible. For with God, all things are possible. Amazing about God, isn't it? But he says, with you, if you will believe, all things are possible. So that means I'm in the God class as long as I believe. And so are you. So I'm going to systematically pull down strongholds in your life, wrong thinking, and replace it with right thinking. You will never be the same. Amen? Amen? You won't be the same. And that's why you come to church. You don't come for a 30-minute message, a couple of little life skills and a pat on the back. You come to be transformed. This is the most important hour of your life in the week. Are you hearing me? So you don't just crawl out of bed and think, oh, I might go to church tonight. This is critical in your life. Amen? Amen. This is why I like preaching here. Genesis chapter 3. And hello to all those watching on live stream. We bless you. And may this message impact your city, the cities all around the world, because God has a passion for nations and cities. His kingdom is coming. We're going to see the whole, all of the kingdom redefined in the minds of people in this generation. I'm convinced. Are you? And if you get excited, see, sometimes when I preach afterwards, people say, I felt like dancing, shouting, running around. I said, why didn't you? Uh, we were afraid that you might get upset. I only get upset if you fall asleep. But if you get excited, you feel God stirring you. Sometimes, so the Bible says, at, right through the scriptures, amen. See, when you read the Psalms, it stops and it says, amen. And that amen means, so be it. It's an exclamation. It's saying, I want that for me. And so as we begin to speak out, it's powerful. And I keep saying to you, the devil wants you silent. God wants you to speak. The Bible says in Galatians 4, as long as, a, as, as the heir is a child, it's no different than a slave. And that word child means not able to speak. So the enemy wants you to be quiet. He'll keep you in slavery. God wants you to speak. because It's your words of victory that bring your inheritance. So speak today. Declare it over your life. When you hear something that, that reverberates in your heart, say, amen, that's mine. You grab it. You grab it because the words are spirit and they are life. And the enemy wants you silent. But the moment you say, it's mine, that's how you got saved. You believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth and something shifted. Kingdoms shifted. And they'll shift today as well. I want to talk to you today about protecting your Eden assignment. Now the serpent, say boo. Okay, because he's on the other side. 
Just so you know. Where's the devil? Well, we know he's not everywhere. So he's not here and he's not in America. But he has little creatures called demons that are all over this planet. And what you're going to see today is what they're doing around you. See, a lot of us are not, not aware of it, but the enemy has demonic structures. And sometimes we see it physically, like I've seen them come into my room. I've seen them morph into, into what looks like human beings. But that's, that's on the rare occasion. But most of the time they come in the form of thoughts. They have the ability to, to flow in the spirit realm and to impregnate or transplant thoughts into our inner world. You've felt that this week, haven't you? Yeah. So you discern between your thoughts, God's thoughts, and the enemy's thoughts. And you need to know this if you're going to protect the assignment. So we've been talking about changing our city. But you're going to know how to have to, as you're going forward in your assignment, you're going to have to learn how to protect it from the enemy's schemes because he wants to sidetrack you, derail you, stop you before you even begin. Now the enemy, the serpent, was more cunning than any beast of the field. Now the enemy is powerless. The only power he has is through a human being. But let me tell you about this. He's cunning. He's more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said that you should not eat of, the, of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the tr fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in that day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good from evil. How many people have read that before? Yeah. Right, if you're taking notes, you may want to write this. Eden is a place, it's a garden, it's a sphere of influence, it's a kingdom expression that is to be protected and expanded under your delegated leadership until heaven's agenda is accomplished. That's what the Lord said to me. I'll say it again, but you can get it on video for $1.99. Eden is a place, a garden, a sphere of influence and a kingdom expression that is to be protected by you and, and expanded under your delegated in, uh, leadership until heaven's agenda is accomplished. It is a sphere of influence a kingdom expression that is to be protected and expanded under your delegated leadership until heaven's agenda is accomplished. That's your garden. That's your assignment. Now, we said last week, for those who are here, that as we read Genesis 1, 2, and 3, there's a lot of things that are unpacked. But one of the interesting things is, as you read Scripture that God uses the picture of a male as a type of our spirit and the picture of the woman, Eve, the wife of Adam, as a type of our soul. And there's an interaction between Adam and Eve and the serpent and their assignment. 
And if you understand how all these work, you'll be able to protect your assignment and you'll be able to expand your assignment. So your spirit is a spiritual dimension where life is generated, where the word of the Lord comes. Your soul is the womb where the promise, the assignment of God is nurtured until it bears fruit. Your soul under the leadership of your spirit, is needed to bring about your prophetic assignment. So here I'll say it again. Your assignment comes from God, spirit to your spirit. You get a revelation. 1 Corinthians 2 says, No man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man is within him. You only receive your assignment spirit to spirit. You don't conjure it up in your soul. It doesn't come from your mother, your father, external. See, a lot of us are looking for our assignment based on natural ability, based on what circumstances are saying. But God alone, by his spirit to your spirit, will reveal your assignment. And it'll be bigger than what your natural mind could ever come up with. But your soul will be needed to work in harmony with your spirit to carry to full birth the assignment that God has for your life. And the devil knows that better than you do. So his job will be what God has joined, let no man separate. His job will be to separate what God has joined. So God puts the man in the garden. Genesis 1 and 2. And we see by the role of the man that he gives him authority to speak, to hear from God, to assign destiny to the animals. We see that. He has authority to name the animals because destiny, purpose, and assignment always flow spirit to spirit. Eve didn't name the animals. And this is not about men and women. So just park that one side. Listen to the analogy. Eve never named the animals because you cannot understand destiny and purpose and assignment and see into the future through your soul. It's always a work of the Spirit. So when I speak to you today, things are stirring in your spirit, man, and some of these things you can't even articulate, but you know they're deep down there. Has anyone ever had that? You know that you know, and it's coming to birth, and all of a sudden it comes into your soul, and there's an understanding of what God's doing in your life. Eve comes from Adam. She's an expression of Adam. The soul, its role is to express that which the Spirit gives. Without a soul, there is no expression of God's purpose on earth. That's why I said to you, Jesus only healed men of blindness, not women. And he never healed men of barrenness, only women. And the reason being is it's our spirit is the place where we get spiritual sight. And our soul is the place where we carry our assignment to its fulfillment. This is very important because your spiritual sight and understanding will only come from your spirit. But if you have a soul that is out of alignment with your spirit, that's picking up stuff from outside the world's views, other people's views, you will abort your assignment. You heard from God. That's why the Bible says don't despise prophecy. You heard from God, but your soul is running amok and aborting every plan that God has. Mark forwards, parable of the sower and the seed in the ground. 
It's a whole picture of that. Preparing my soul to bring to birth what God has seeded in my heart. So verse 1 of chapter 3. We may have that up here. It says, And the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field with which the Lord God has made, had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, I want you to notice one thing straight away. That Satan comes to Eve when she is alone and acting independent. The great battle for enlargement, for victory and dominion will be focused around your mind and soul. That's where the battle lies. He will come after your soul. He will wait till you are alone. He will wait till you leave church and you've been in the glory realm. You've been worshiping God. He'll wait till you get home where things aren't quite right and he'll begin to sow doubt and unbelief into your soul. He'll wait till you are disunited with your spirit man and he'll begin to sow accusation, fear, compromise. It comes to Eve when she's alone and acting independent. 1 Timothy 2.14 says, Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. So we're going to have to learn how to keep our soul in union with our spirit and train it strictly to follow the voice of our spirit. And that includes both hearing the word of the Lord from Holy Spirit to our spirit. And it also includes meditating on the word day and night because his word is spirit and life. The word of God, the Bible, it is the spirit of God. And as we connect our soul with our spirit and keep it in line with that, the enemy cannot bring deception. Let me tell you, the enemy did not deceive Adam. He deceived Eve. And we gloss over that, but the point is this. You will never be deceived in the realm of your spirit. Whoever is joined to the Lord is one spirit. When was the last time that God got deceived from the Satan? But the realm you will be deceived in is your, your soul. Has God said, was spoken to Eve, not to Adam? Eve got secondhand revelation. Because God sp spoke all those things in Genesis 2 to Adam. Adam relayed them to Eve. Eve should have stayed with Adam and she would have been saved. I say to you, Eve, run to Adam. Run to Adam. Run to Adam. Run to Adam. I say to my soul, stay in the spirit. Stay in the word. James 4, 7 says, Therefore, submit to God. Come under his covering. Come under his opinion. Submit to God. Run back to the Spirit. Resist the devil. Oppose him and he will flee. You know that word flee? It means to vanish and escape. When the devil comes after you, he comes to rob you of your assignment, to question your assignment. You submit yourself to God. You come back to the word of God that says, you know what? It looks like I could never do that, but I'm in the spirit now. And the spirit says, let the weak say I am strong. So I come back to hairy foot and I say, I am stronger than what you could ever imagine, buddy. Run back to Adam. 
Submit to God and then you can resist the devil and he will flee. Some of us are trying to resist the devil in the realm of our soul. We are tired from the waging of warfare because we are doing it with willpower and not the Spirit of God. Are you hearing me? So we get worn out. There is no burnout in the kingdom because those who are in the Spirit are full of life. If you are worn out, burnt out, Bottomed out, discouraged, it's because you have separated from Adam. You are walking in the flesh. You are trying to win a war that you were never equipped to win. Get back in the spirit. Number two, Satan convinced Eve that she was not in covenant relationship with God. See, here's the key when you read the Bible. Look for detail. Look for what is not said. Do you notice that Satan says to Eve, has God indeed said you shall not eat? Can you see that in verse 1? Now in chapter 2, verse 16, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. I don't have time to go into all the things that were omitted, but there's so much that the devil omits. Because God said you can freely eat. Everything. I am just the abundant God, but Satan twists it. What may you eat? He left out the freely bit. But the interesting thing here is that Satan comes to Eve describing God as God and not the Lord God. See, the Lord God is a title of his covenant name, Jehovah. Elohim, Yahweh Elohim. See, he just, he made out that God was just like one of them because Psalm says that we're all gods, doesn't it? We're all made in the image of God with dominion and Satan had just lowered in his estimate God down to the level of Adam and Eve. He says, has God said? She should have said, no, actually, Yahweh Elohim said, the Lord God. The covenant-keeping God. The God who is more than enough. The one that I serve and love. He's not just any God, but he is the Lord God. You see, the enemy twists things. He says, you're not in covenant relationship with God. You don't serve someone that's greater than you, that has said, all that I have is yours and all that you have is mine. Can you see this? Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, every word of God is pure. Do not add to his words, lest you be proven a liar. And see, the enemy comes and he begins to twist things. He begins to take things out of your inheritance. And you need to come back to the word. That's why the word has to get into your heart, my friend. You've got to pick it up every day and meditate upon it and get it into your heart. Because when he comes, not if he comes, he will twist Everything about your future, your present, and your past. He will add, he will subtract, he will, he's so conniving and cunning, and you've got to stand on the word and repeat it back to him word for word. He questioned about her covenant relationship, he questioned about her image. Has God said that you shall be like God? Sorry, he says, For God knows that in that day that you eat, you will be like God question her image who do you think you are play with her image play with her mind john 8 44 says that the enemy 
is a murderer. He's a murderer. Did you hear that? He kills dreams, visions, hope, desires, purpose. And how does he do that? It says he doesn't stand in the truth. There is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks out of his own resources. So when he speaks to you, you need to understand everything he says is a lie. And she's, she's communicating with this half-wit who lies, who speaks out of his own resources, who is a murderer, and she's listening to him. That's what happens in our soul. Every day, we are, we are bombarded with lies and accusations. And I want to tell you today, everything he said about you is wrong. Amen. Did you hear me? Are you going to die? You're going to get sick like your father did. He had cancer. You'll get cancer. You're not going to last. You'll retire and you die. You'll never have any money. You'll always be unloved. You'll always be isolated. People will always misunderstand you. You've got ADD, PTT, ABZ, SYZ. You've got it all. Then we begin to verbalize these lies and these accusations. He's a murderer. He's killing you. Do you remember when I talked about dirt floors and heavenly roofs? In the tabernacle, when we come into the holy place, there's a dirt floor in the holy place. And as I look up to the roof, there's cherubims all hand-woven into the roof. And it was designed that way because we, in our own natural ability, keep looking down at what we used to be, not what we are. And I told you there is... The Bible says that you and I are seated with Christ in heavenly places. There is a greater reality of you in heaven than there is on earth. God said to Moses, I want you to build everything on earth according to the pattern in heaven. So it tells me that I am not to look at the old man, but the new man. God sees a greater reality. There is a completed, victorious, overcoming reality of me in heaven. The enemy wants me to look at what I was. God says, this is who you are. You're in Christ Jesus. Some of you are daunted by the size of the task that God has given you because you're looking at an old image. Number four, Satan invited Eve to embrace an independent view of reality. You know the story that there were two trees in the garden, in the middle of the garden, the picture of our heart, and he wanted Eve to take of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that essentially is embracing an independent reality of who I am. I don't want God's view of life and who I am. I'll take my view of who I am. See, that the moment she did that, her spirit died and her soul took on, for her soul to gain reality, it looked at the outside world, not God. This is so important you understand this. An unrenewed spirit will always force our soul to find identity from the world and not God. When the spirit dies, the soul must find reality so it won't look up or into the spirit realm. It will look out to the natural realm. And that's why many Christians don't like their identity, who they are, because they are picking up their identity from fallen humanity and not from the spirit of God. Are you hearing me? So the moment you feast on the, knowledge of tr- the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you are saying, God, I will form an independent view of reality, not your view. I will not feast on the tree of life, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And she awoke to a new reality, and it wasn't a good one. 
Now, I want you to look at verse 6. When the woman saw the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She put the fruit in her mouth. You normally do when you eat. And the apples have had a bum rap ever since. <laughs> she also gave it to her husband after she ate. And he ate it. And the eyes of both of them were open. And they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves and made themselves coverings over their loins. Isn't it interesting? What's a fig tree associated with in the Bible? Jesus cursed a fig tree. Leaves are a picture of our tongue in the Bible. They cover themselves with now a cursed way of thinking and speaking. And their cursed thinking and speaking now covered their reproductive area of their world. So instead of beginning to enlarge the kingdom, the, the, the assignments that God has, they are now speaking a new language and it's reproducing evil and chaos in their life. That's one of the reasons we pray in the Holy Ghost. It keeps ourselves in the love of God. It builds up our most holy faith. Proverbs 15, 4 says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. So Adam listened to his wife. And God came and said in Genesis 3, 11, Who told you that you were naked? Comes to the man, who told you that you were naked? And the man said, it's a woman's fault. She said, it's a serpent's fault. And he didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> Verse 17, he said, Adam... Because you have heeded the voice of your wife. Satan convinced Eve that she was not like God. She then became the source of revelation to Adam about his identity. I want you to know that God spoke to Adam about listening to his soul and not to God. And God's speaking to you today about listening to your soul and not the spirit of God. He's saying, don't do it. Who told you? Why did you listen? Why did you listen to your unrenewed soul? Why did you listen to those words? Who told you that? So I want to say to you, you're going to have to learn to exercise control over your soul. Amen. You're going to have to bring your wife under submission. Amen. It's a joke. You're going to have to get your soul under control. Oh, my soul, rise up and praise the Lord. I will bless the Lord with all my soul. For my soul, listen, my soul will be the battleground for most of my warfare. And so because of that, I'm going to have to be led by my spirit and demand that my soul only expresses what my spirit tells it to say. I will not speak out cursed fig leaves that reproduce chaos in my world where there's strife, and envy, there is every evil work. Yeah. I will not articulate the thoughts of the enemy about my life. When Eve spoke to Adam, he was in trouble. I want to encourage you today to establish in your life the right place of the spirit in your life. If you are going to protect your assignment and adventure assignment, you will need to be led by the spirit man and not the soul. 
See, I believe the reborn human spirit is directly connected to the throne of God. And it's designed in such a way that it will provide everything that you need for life and godliness. How many people have a need here today? Your reborn human spirit is directly connected to God, to his throne. And it is designed by God to produce everything that you need for life and godliness. And as it receives life from God, wisdom from God, it will flow through his spirit to your spirit and out your soul. It includes both praying in the spirit, receiving revelation and meditating and speaking out the word. As you receive spirit life and come, when it comes out of your mouth, your world will be changed. You'll protect your assignment and you'll engage and enlarge your assignment. Your spirit is designed to produce everything you need or lead you to what you need or to bring to you what you need. Did you hear that? Your spirit man is designed to produce everything you need, lead you to what you need, or bring to you what you need. If you're in need today, I want to say to you, it must be your quest to learn how to walk in the Spirit and allow the Spirit to flow through my soul to change my world. That is the key to success. It's the key to enlarging your assignment, protecting your assignment. Those that walk in the Spirit. Now, it's interesting that it says in Psalm 89, 14 about the throne of God that righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. I'm going somewhere here, so stay with me. If you're taking notes, this will all make sense. It's all going to tie in. Number one, righteousness is your legal rights. It is what God, is, that is what God says is right about you. The right way to think, choose, feel, respond, act. That's the righteousness of God. It's truth revealed to me, in me, and through me. That's what righteousness is. Truth revealed to me, in me, and through me. So righteousness is your legal rights. But listen about justice. The kingdom of God is established and upheld through justice, which is the administration and the enforcements the enforcement of God's laws. So you get a revelation of righteousness, who I am, who he is, what he's called me to do, the way to live, the way to function, the laws of the kingdom. I get a revelation of all of that. And then the Bible says, not only is there righteousness, but justice comes. And then we have a right to administer that, to say, God, according to your word, enforce and administer all the laws of the kingdom. If Eve had have done that, if she had a function in that realm, she would have known who she was. She would have known her calling because that's what happens in the spirit realm. You get a revelation of righteousness. I am a son of God. He is my father. I already have an identity. I am a spirit-led child of God. And so I'm about to administer justice. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I call on God to execute my righteousness. Execute what you said about me. You said I am the head and not the tail. So I rebuke you. I come against every lie. God, execute justice against this creep that's coming against me. And the moment you do that, you begin to possess your inheritance. 
Are you hearing me? That's what it means to live. And see, she was operating from a soulish point of view. Didn't know who she was. Didn't know the way to think. I'm bewildered by so many Christians who don't even understand grace. Who think that the moment you get born again and because of grace, and you know I'm a grace teacher. Who think that all the laws of God, all the right way of living, all the, way, all the, all the principles of the kingdom are now thrown out. It's bizarre. See, what grace does is a bit of a side issue, but it gives me access now as a son to functioning freedom in the kingdom of God. To say there are no rules in the kingdom or no principles is mind-boggling. I read a guy say this week, the sowing and reaping principle is no longer part of the new covenant. Well, I say, well, that's funny, because the Bible says if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. If I murder someone, I'll end up in prison. If I don't pay my taxes, they'll come after me. If I sow to the flesh, if I watch pornographic movies every day, I'll reap a harvest in my mind. Grace or no grace? Grace empowers me not to sin. Grace in, in, is, a, is, a, is a gift from God to function in righteousness. So now I've got a right way to think and to feel and to choose and to relate to God. And I want to say to you, if you're going to enforce your territory against the enemy, when he comes in like a flood, when he bombards you, you will have to function from the spirit realm. You will have to know your authority. You remember I said there's a generation of Moses and there's a generation of Joshua. Moses was pleading for God to come, the people of Israel, and deliver them. Joshua began to discover who they were in the spirit. They began to exercise their authority. They took the spirit of God, the words of life, and they began to exercise them and take the land. I want to encourage you, when the enemy comes against you, when he tries to minimize you, the Bible says that you, my friend, need to join spirit and soul together and begin to wage a war. Adam and Eve coming together to fight the powers of darkness. Are you hearing me? Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law will not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate on it day and night, that you would observe to do all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have great success. I want you to know today that you have a responsibility now in the kingdom, that you need to get into the, into the word of God. You need to become a spirit-led man or woman and begin to articulate through your soul all that God is saying. If you want to be successful and prosperous, it will be because the word of God has penetrated your heart. And when the enemy comes, you are ready to take him on. Psalm 1.1 says, Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the path of sinner. sinners. You don't negotiate with the devil. You don't allow him just to talk all this nonsense into your soul. You step back into the spirit realm. You open up the word and you begin to meditate on it day and night. He says, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in season whose leaf does not wither. Your words will not fall to the ground. Samuel's words, when he spoke, every one of them came to pass. And when the enemy comes, he says, as you meditate on the, on the word of the Lord, you'll be like that tree whose leaf doesn't wither. It's bringing forth fruit. You come against the enemy and you begin to pull him down with the word of the Lord. 
I want you to know my words bring order to disorder. I keep telling myself they bring life to dead places. They give God something to work with. So I get into the word, spirit to spirit, allow him to penetrate through my spirit into my soul. And when the enemy comes against me, I begin to pick up my scriptures and I begin to quote it in his face. You come up against me in my garden of Eden. You tell me that this church will never take this city. You tell me that I'll never be a multimillionaire. You tell me I won't have, have gold and silver and business. You come against me and say, I'll never be influential. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And I begin to wage a war with him. I pick up the word. I begin to quote it. And I tell you, if you submit to the Lord and resist the devil, he will always flee. He cannot stand around a man or woman in the spirit that has learned to bring spirit and soul together. And when I get attacked in my soul, I feel depressed or lies come in. My soul grabs the hand of my spirit because we're joined together. And I say to my spirit, what do we need to say about this? My spirit says this, hang on a minute. Father, what do we need to say? And like a flash, the spirit of God will bring a scripture through spirit to spirit. And I get a revelation in my soul and I release it. And I say, let the weak say I am strong. Are you hearing this? Don't you dare separate a man from his wife. Don't you dare separate a spirit from its soul. Don't you dare act independently from God. You see, my mouth is directly linked to my spirit. And that's why I keep saying to you, church, don't stop speaking. Don't stop quoting the word in worship. Don't be silent. Yell, scream, do something. Release what's in your spirit, man. The Bible says, open your mouth wide like a dentist. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Fillings, see? Open your mouth. Begin to declare the word of the Lord. Do not stay silent. Meditate on the word day and night. Turn the TV off. If it's, not, it's not all bad, but when you need to, turn it off. Get the word in before you go to bed. When you wake up in the morning, begin to think about the word. Let's be people of the spirit. So when the enemy comes up against our soul, we'll be so full and our soul is so full of the word that when the enemy comes, he will be defeated before he starts. David said, I've hidden your word in my heart so I won't sin against you. And that's not just the sin of you know, going down the milk bar and buying a packet of smokes. It's the sin of depression, discouragement, fear, pulling back, limitation. He says, I've hidden my word in your heart. And the enemy now can't downsize my dream. You got problems in your mind? Join the club. He attacks us all. We all think we're crazy at times. Maybe it's just me. We all think there's a war going on. The battlefield, as Joyce Meyer says, the battlefield of the mind. We all don't think that some temptations come that, that singles you out. The devil wants you to feel like you're the, you're the chosen one, that God's allowed you to be assaulted with every lie. You know, the Bible says that no temptation has come upon you that's not common to man. But in every temptation, he's given you a way of escape. And it's called, those that call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. He said, I'll never leave you or desert you. You can make your bed in hell. That's a bad day. He says, I am already there. I'm underneath you. I will pick you up. I will not leave you or forsake you. You can go up to heaven and have a great day. I'll still be there. There is nothing that can separate you from me. 
Are you hearing me? You are equipped this week to go out in the power of the Holy Ghost and release the word of the Lord into every situation, into every life, into every circumstances that looks like it can't be changed. For his word is spirit and life. It shifts things. So I get a revelation of righteousness in my spirit, the right way to think, to choose, to feel, to respond. His laws. God, thank you. I'm established in righteousness. All your laws I embrace out of grace. Mm. (laughs) And then when he comes... He gets justice. If you know the law of the kingdom, and I know that I have access to justice, which is the process of enforcement. See, there's one thing to know that God loves me and he's favoured me, but there's a time for justice. There's a time when he comes against you and you've got to demand justice. Ask, seek, Knock. We come into the kingdom. It's easy. Jesus, come into my heart. Bang. It's that simple. Ask. Then we begin to seek and we say, God, show me who I am. This is the righteous bit. Show me how to think, to feel, to choose, to live, to respond. Show me my identity. It's a little bit harder. I've got to take personal. Here's a, here's a, here's a nasty word. Personal Responsibility. It's like Fonzie. <laughs> and then knock. That's the justice part. I demand retribution. Do you know God is a God of retribution? Yeah. If an enemy steals, he has to return sevenfold. If someone comes to take away your legal rights, you go to the court and you say, I demand justice. And the judge will pull his glass or her glasses down and look at you and they'll say, well, you know, you come from the wrong tracks. You come from, you know, cheap side. I don't think I'll give you justice. You look like a poor man, poor woman. No, they don't say that. I've been to court. They open the book. They look for the law that is about your case and they always judge in favour of the law. So God, when you remind him of what he said about you, that I am supposed to be the head and not the tail. You've called me to father this city. You've called me to do this and I'm experiencing some resistance here, Father. I've had the enemy steal from me relationships, finance, this and that. I'm reminding you, Father, judge in my favor. And if Eve had have said that to the Father in unison with Adam, he would have come down, ripped those legs off that serpent and kicked him all the way to hell. Luke 13, Jesus comes to a woman, bowed down, the sore back. She hadn't been able to lift her head off the ground. The ground's a picture of a cursed way of thinking because the ground was cursed. She'd been bowed down for 18 years. 18. Hmm, interesting. 18 is three times six. I know, I passed at school. Spirit, soul, and body. Three, six, the number of man. Limitations. Six is one short of seven, which is completion. 
She's come up short in every area of her life. Spirit, soul, body. She's been ripped off from the enemy in every way possible. And now her only focus is that I am living under a curse. And Jesus comes and says, Should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, a covenant child, should not this daughter be loosed from what the devil has done in her life? What's he saying? Covenant righteous people deserve justice. See, the enemy, the religious said, well, it's a Sabbath. We don't do those things on the Sabbath. We don't do miracles on the Sabbath. They didn't do it on Monday or Tuesday either. But particularly on the Sabbath, religion will keep you looking at poverty. You may have listened to preaching. You may have read the Bible and seen that this is my lot in life. My friend, you need to pick up a new Bible because the Bible says that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. He's called you the head and not the tail. You need to begin to read the Bible through the eyes of God and not religion. Are you hearing me? And demand justice in every era where I have been stolen, ripped off in generations past, where I have been ripped off. Things that should have been mine as a child of God, I demand justice. And so when they came out of Egypt, they looted the place. 300 years of stolen wages. 300? 400. Is he five? Six. (laughs) 400 years of stolen wages, all paid back in a day and some. They bankrupted. Why did Pharaoh come out? He lost his money. His bank had been closed down. Justice is called. Vengeance is mine. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. But every tongue that rises up, where's the tongues coming from? The enemy. You'll never make it. You're useless. You'll always be broke. Every tongue that rises up against you, pronouncing judgment over your life. This is your lot in life. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment. You, 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 you shall condemn. That means, God, I think we need to do something about this. And he says, this is the inheritance of... Of the servants of the Lord. That's you. This is your inheritance. To pronounce judgment on the enemy. And their righteousness. That word righteousness is in the Hebrew justice. And their justice is from me. Sayeth Yahweh. The covenant keeping God. He says you know what. When you get fed up with being treated like a dodo. When you get fed up with being the tail and not the head. When you get fed up with sickness and disease and discouragement and fear and condemnation. He says the moment you get fed up and you begin to cry out for justice and pronounce it over your life. He says I'll back you up. You condemn him and I'll enforce the justice. But see, you have to have a righteousness mindset. Because the problem is, if you today think poverty is your lot in life, you will never ask for justice. I'm pressing buttons today. But my friend, you have a right and an obligation to be successful. Just be logical. Okay, just put your logical brain on now. Better than money, this is like, I don't mean to be belittling, better than money 
in the righteous camp than in the camp of the wicked. And if you don't think, see, if your soul isn't married to your spirit, man, renewed by the spirit, you will accept things. You allow the enemy to come into your garden and steal it from you. And I say, he's not going to steal my city because I own it. It may not look like it, but I own it in my spirit. I'm the father of this city. It doesn't matter what you think. I'm the father. This is my city. It's your city. You are the father and the mother. These gates, these seven mountains, they belong to you. There must be an expression of the kingdom. And so I say, God, bring justice to every lie of the enemy. So when you turn your TV on, you hear all the nonsense being poured out. Don't get angry. Don't get discouraged. Don't say, oh, that's, that's, you know, Isaiah said, darkness will cover the earth. Yeah, he did say that. But he also said, but arise and shine, for the light has come. Revelation light. And the glory of the Lord, his opinion about how all the world should operate, rises on you. You are God's good opinion about the kingdom. You say, hello, Melbourne, here I am. See, it's a mindset change. You don't just go to work and do your job, come home and clock off. No, Lord, wherever I go, let the kingdom come through me. It's here. It's in, see, the kingdom's already here. It's inside me, and I release it wherever I go. Let there be an expression. Bring justice amongst the poor and the needy. Bring justice. Bring justice in marriages. Bring justice in the education and in laws. Bring justice in the business field. Bring justice all over. So I want to be a sheep nation and not a goat nation. We want to be your sheep and you be our shepherd. Bring justice, Lord. And do you know what? The moment, and I've experienced this, the moment you begin to really get a revelation of who you are and release your rights as a son of God, God brings justice. He begins to move. He begins to operate in your world. I'm seeing shifts in my own world because I've felt as I've spoken Something has moved in heavens and God is beginning to release angels on my behalf. Yes. Your response today is living proof. Because I prayed for it. Isn't that good? Because God's on your case. He's got great plans for your life. We're going to be the greatest church in this city. The devil doesn't like that. Because he had plans to take this church down. He agitated, he lied, he deceived. But you know what? It's, we are the polystyrene people. You can be pushed down, but you keep popping back up. Because greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. I shall not be defeated. Through my God, I shall be, drive a valiant, do valiantly. So, Father, this day, I release great faith into your people. Lord, this week, as they travel from Monday to Saturday, let their spirit, man, rise up. Fill them with the word, the Lord, as they meditate on your word. Fill them with the revelation of your righteous ways, your, the way you think, feel, and choose about everything in life. Lord, I pray as they meditate upon your word, 
calibrate their spirit and their soul to come into alignment. So what comes out of their mouth and out of their mind through their soul will be the pure things, spirit to spirit, that have come, Lord. There will be a uh, activating of their soul to be in alignment with their spirit. There will be a yes and amen, spirit and soul coming into agreement. You said, Lord, that, that when we pray, husband and wife should be in agreement so their prayers won't be hindered. And we know also, Lord, that our spirit and soul needs to come into alignment so our prayers won't be hindered. So we say, Lord, transform us, spirit soul and body into a mighty army that takes this city, Lord, in every sector of society. We say, let justice prevail in government, business, education, family, the church, every sphere of society. Let your kingdom come in great power for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and your glory shall be seen. So we say, Lord, use us this week, Lord. Use us powerfully. Flow through our minds, flow through our mouths. When the enemy comes against us, let him be bruised and battered because the word has gone out of our mouth like a two-edged sword. Lord, I pray this week we will find new dimensions of peace and love in our families and our relationships, new dimensions of breakthrough in our finances, new dimensions of breakthrough in our thinking, Lord. Everywhere we go, let there be kingdom increase in the name of Jesus. So I release that into your spirit. I break every lie of the enemy, everything that opposes itself against the knowledge of God. I bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And I pronounce over every heart today that God Almighty is at work in your life and you will never ever be the same again. He's enlarging you. He's transforming you. He has not finished his good work. And he says to you, faithful is he who has called you, who will also do it. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. When I say it shall be done, I'm not like a man who should lie. I, when I speak the word, it is settled in heaven and now it's becoming settled in your heart. There is a twofold agreement between heaven and earth today. Things are shifting in the spirit as your hearts are aligned with his hearts. And as that takes, for, takes place, you shall know great victory in your life. So I pray, Lord, this day that revelation would flow like a river, pull down every religious mindset and stronghold, let the oppressed go free. And I pray this week, Lord God, there would be radical shifts and breakthrough in people's lives today. I pray for problem solving this week. I pray open doors that no man would shut. Bring opportunities in business and relationships. Bring opportunities like we've never had before, Lord God. Bring justice, Lord. Everything has been stolen. Reverse it this week, I pray, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, I just want you to lift up your hands and tell the Lord that you receive his word. See, when the seed goes out, it's looking for ground that's 30, 60, 100 fold. If you perceive that the seed is good and you want it, you just say, I receive. I receive with great faith. Oh, the living word of God, it's, 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 a, it's, it's spirit, it's life. They're not just words that have gone out from my mouth. 
It's the Spirit of God pulsating through this place, changing lives. And you grab one of those seeds and you place it within and it begins to bear. Hallelujah. I'll have it, Lord. Let it be according to your word. I will never, never be the same again. I grab it by faith and I thank you for it today, Lord. I am a world changer. I was called for greatness. I was called to raise people of greatness. Speak it over your life today. Declare it. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that I will never be limited by the enemy again. Oh, the best is yet to come. Begin to declare it over your mind. My body is strong. My mind is renewed. I'm seeing new opportunities. I'm seeing new things. Not, it's not mind over matter. It's the Spirit of God at work in me, the greater one at work. He's pulling me out of my tent of limitations like Abraham and causing me to see the stars in the heaven. I'm beginning to count my possibilities as God sees it. I see, I see, I see people going in transforming fashion, education. I see them with new ideas and promises. I see problem solvers in every area of life from what we would deem the least to the greatest. I see it now in my spirit and I thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Now I want you to do one more thing for each one of us. I want you to begin to speak life over the people of God here. Release it. Lord, for my brothers and sisters, every air of disappointment, Lord, breathe over. You're the life giver. You're the transformer. You're the one, Lord, that can restore the years that the locust has chewed. I speak life over this church. I speak your favour. May this church be a church that transforms this city, brings a new concept, new understanding of the kingdom of God. We speak life today in growth. We speak growth over this church. We speak the favour of God. We speak the fire of God in our services. Unusual miracles and breakthrough. We speak it over our people today. A mighty people, full of the Holy Ghost, from the youngest to the oldest. We speak, Lord, deliverance to every person that the enemy will no longer have a foothold. We declare over this church in the name of Jesus. And over this city, we pronounce the favour of the Lord. We pronounce the good news of the kingdom. We say the kingdom has come. It's been expressed in every area. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Your kingdom is an ever-increasing kingdom. It shall not be denied. It shall consume Every other kingdom in this city, it will consume violence. It will consume confusion. It will consume every opposition. Jesus Christ is Lord over this city. In Jesus' name. We agree, Lord. We agree. We agree. Powerful is the agreement of the people of God. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Use your people mightily this week, Lord. Let this word bubble in their heart all week. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.